Hello, this is Anna from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Wednesday, the 28th of July. India registered 43,654 new COVID-19 infections in the last 24 hours, pushing the overall case tally to over 3.14 crore. The number of new infections was 47.03% higher than yesterday's count of 29,689 cases. The death toll rose to 4,22,022 as the country recorded 640 deaths in a span of 24 hours. Remember that these numbers are widely believed to be undercounts. Citing the rise in the number of COVID-19 cases, Union Health Ministry Joint Secretary Lav Agarwal said yesterday that there was a noticeable increase and that it remains the area of concern. Hindustan Times quoted him as saying and I quote, "This is an indication for us that we still cannot relax and must continue to strictly follow covid management rules in order to contain the virus agarwal said that we may be tired but the virus is not meanwhile pune is likely to further relax covid-19 restrictions and lockdown norms owing to a constant decrease in the number of critical patients and those on oxygen support deputy chief minister ajit pawar hinted at increasing timings of shops from 4 pm to 7 pm after the state government's nod According to Indian Express, the daily positivity rate has also dropped below 5%. In the last few days, the PMC has witnessed a slowdown in daily positivity, as low as 3%. Globally, according to Johns Hopkins University, COVID-19 has infected 195.2 million people and caused 4.17 million deaths since the pandemic broke out in December 2019. Bharatiya Janata Party leader Basava Raj Bommai took oath as the Chief Minister of Karnataka today. He succeeds BS Yadiyurappa, who stepped down from the Chief Minister's post on Monday. Bommai is a 61-year-old leader from North Karnataka and is considered to be close to Yadiyurappa. He served as a state home minister under him. Son of former Chief Minister SR Bommai, a Janata Party leader, Bommai hails from the Sadara Lingayat community. According to Scroll Lingayats form about 17% of Karnataka's population and are considered the Saffron Party's main vote bank. After taking his oath, Bommai said he would hold a meeting with senior officers to review COVID and the flood situation in the state. At least 18 people were killed and 19 injured in a road accident in Uttar Pradesh's Barabanki district today morning. The accident took place when a truck collided with a bus parked on the highway in Ram Sanehi Ghat area. A senior police officer named Satyanarayan Sabath told Indian Express that the accident happened at around 3 a.m. The bus was carrying about 100 laborers home to Bihar from Haryana and Punjab. When it broke down, the laborers got down and were sleeping around it on the road. PM Modi took to Twitter to express his grief over the accident and announced an ex gratia of rupees 2 lakh each for the kin of those killed in the accident and rupees 50000 each for the injured. Amid opposition MPs and MLAs staging protests at both houses of parliament today, the Lok Sabha passed the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code Amendment Bill 2021. On Monday, Finance and Corporate Affairs Minister Nirmala Sitaraman introduced the bill in the Lok Sabha. According to Indian Express, the bill is set to replace the IBC Amendment Ordinance 2021. The ordinance was promulgated in April, which introduced pre-packs as an insolvency resolution mechanism for micro, small and medium enterprises with defaults up to rupees 1 crore. 
Additionally, the House also passed two appropriation bills, namely the supplementary demands for grants and the demands for excess grants for 2017 and 18 bills. Meanwhile, the Rajya Sabha today passed the Juvenile Justice Care and Protection of Children Amendment Bill 2021. After opposition leaders continued their protest in both the houses, Union Minister Anurag Thakur accused them of running away from discussions. He said and I quote Congress and TMC MPs tried not to let parliament function today they can register their protests but that too has a limit they threw papers on the speaker ministers and even at the media gallery and showed placards unquote earlier today at least 10 opposition parties met at the parliament to chalk out a strategy on the controversy pertaining to the use of the pegasus spyware to allegedly spy on politicians government officials and journalists So far the monsoon session has witnessed protests and uproars as the opposition has repeatedly questioned the center about the alleged pegasus hacking farmer protests and the administration's handling of the covid-19 crisis yesterday as well owing to the ruckus by the opposition mps over discussion on the pegasus row both the houses were adjourned multiple times pegasus is an israeli spyware that was used to target or potentially target for surveillance over 50,000 journalists, activists, political leaders in several countries including India. While several countries whose citizens feature in the list of targets and potential targets have announced investigations into the scandal, the Indian government has resorted to denial and obfuscation. Home Minister Amit Shah has dismissed the revelations as attempts to malign India's democracy by disruptors and obstructors. News Laundry's Nidhi Suresh and Supriti David recently reported how BJP leaders and their allies in the media whipped up the theory that the list itself, which has 50,000 number of potential Pegasus targets, is fake. It isn't, of course. Then why are they insisting that it is? To know, read their report on our website. It is titled No one is saying the Pegasus list is fake. Why are BJP leaders and their media allies insisting it is? And why you are there? Don't forget to check out our new video series called Sansad Watch, which is a weekly roundup of the proceedings in the parliament. The first episode titled Full Outrage and a Fiery Speech covers the government's reaction to the Pegasus scandal and what it has been saying about the deaths due to oxygen shortage. during the second wave of the coronavirus pandemic listeners we are a reader supported news platform which does not depend for funding on advertisements from governments or corporations in these times when we repeatedly see governments and corporations trying to bend the media to their will and agenda it becomes imperative that we do our bit to keep the media free and independent and we can do that by paying to keep news free So if you believe news should be free and independent join hundreds of our subscribers who pay to keep news free go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button on the top right hand corner of our home page remember when the public pays the public is served four people were killed and nearly 35 others were reported missing after a cloudburst over hinjar village in jammu and kashmir's dachan area of kishtwar today morning According to Indian Express, six houses and a ration store were also damaged. A rescue operation is underway. The paper quoted Director General of Police V K Singh as saying, "And I quote: 
one of our SDRF teams from Kishtwar reached the affected village and two more teams are on their way from Doda and Udhampur districts. Two more SDRF teams are waiting for weather to improve to get airlifted from Jammu and Srinagar to the scene and join the rescue mission." Unquote. Businessman Raj Kundra and his aide Ryan Thorpe were denied bail by a Mumbai court today. Kundra and Thorpe are accused of producing and circulating pornographic content via social media. Kundra was arrested in Mumbai early this week and sent to police custody until 23rd of July. According to NDTV, his bail application was rejected even as his lawyer questioned the basis on which the police were arguing and asked if the accused was a terrorist. Last week, Kundra had filed a petition in the court challenging his arrest in the case and called for an immediate release. The petition claimed that his arrest was illegal. According to the police, Raj Kundra's app Hotshots was removed from the Google Play Store, so the accused activated Plan B and launched another app, Bali Fame. Armenia claimed that three of its soldiers were killed and two wounded in border clashes with Azerbaijani forces on Wednesday. Meanwhile, Azerbaijan's defence ministry said that Armenian forces had opened fire towards Azerbaijani positions in Kail Bajar and that two of its servicemen had been wounded. According to Al Jazeera, the incident is the heaviest fighting between the two neighbours since last year's six-week war over the disputed Nagorno-Karabakh region. In separate statements on Wednesday, the defence ministries of both countries blamed the other side for initiating the clashes. Armenia's defence ministry said that an intense gun battle had taken place near the village of Sotk, close to the border with the Kail Bajar region. This region was one of those Baku reclaimed after the war that claimed some 6,500 lives. The country's foreign ministry said, and I quote, The Azerbaijani side is deliberately escalating the situation as its forces remain illegally on Armenia's sovereign territory, unquote. On 23rd of July, in a shootout at Kalbajar, an Azerbaijani soldier had died and three Armenian troops were wounded. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe and hold on during these distressing times. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. Catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport. Visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.